I am Planta on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Um, it has uh, always been my intent to have uh, each of the three editors of um, Magdaragat on this program devoting three shows to this important collection. I even told uh, Teodoro Alquitas that back in August when we had lunch. And uh, soon after, I got an uncorrected PDF of the collection from Cormorant Books. Uh, so it's a collection I've been reading since the end of summer and have thought about a great deal, even after buying a copy three weeks ago and rereading it. I taped an interview with Chris Gatchelian two weeks ago that was posted last Friday. The interview now with Ted was uh, taped this past Sunday afternoon, and unfortunately, having been offline for most of the day, I'd not seen the posts on social media by Shirley Camilla, a contributor to this anthology. In her statement, she says her contribution to the book was cut in half. She narrates discussions she's had with Chris and Cormorant Books' publisher, Mark Cote. Had I seen Ms. Camia's statement, as well as the Instagram post from six days earlier by another contributor, Eve Lamson, I certainly would have brought it up in the interview with Ted, or at least have given him the time and space to address Ms. Camia's statement. As you'll hear... I tell Ted that I have admired him for his work as a journalist and respected the many courageous stands he's taken over the years. I am disappointed, though, that Ted didn't see fit to mention this prior to our taping, or even during, nor did he do so on the CBC's early edition, which he appeared on Monday morning. As well, the editors and or Cormorant Books have not made any public statement responding to Shirley Camille's post, though I just saw late last night a video in a post by another contributor to the collection on Instagram of Chris addressing the situation at an event Tuesday night here in Vancouver. I was uh, scheduled to uh, tape an interview with Patria Rivera yesterday, and when I called her, she said I had uh, caught her at a bad time and that she wasn't prepared for the interview, which had been booked over 10 days ago. I told Patria yesterday, and I repeat here, that she is welcome on the program in the future, and uh, she needs simply email, and uh, we can reschedule. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Teodoro Alquitas. Mr. Alquitas, good morning. Thank you, uh, Joseph. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. I've, I've always wanted to have you on the, the program, Ted, for, for a number of years now, so this is a great time for you to come on. Um, uh, the, uh, the book is dedicated, uh, in part, to uh, Jim Wong Chu. I never knew Jim. Um, I, I knew oh, of him, but, uh, but I never met him. What was he like, and, and what was his role in, in, in this anthology coming together? See, uh, I, you know, I became uh, friends with Jim, uh, because I joined the ECCW, the Asian Canadian Writers Workshop, right. the publisher of, of Rice Paper. Mm-hmm. Well, when I started following Rice Paper, I noticed that there were no Filipino writers there. You know, like it's mostly Chinese, Japanese, yeah. Taiwanese. So I thought uh, maybe you know Filipino should should be involved in Rice Paper and. Uh, so I joined the the board uh, one time, and so I became close to Jim. Uh, he was very active in the board, and then uh, 
you know, later on, uh, he asked me to write the anthology. Mm-hmm. So he said, Ted, why don't you write a Filipino anthology? So I was sort of taken aback by that. I said, I, I don't know. I don't, uh, like, I still feel uh, insecure about my writing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, this is maybe colonialism or something, because, you know, you're writing in a borrowed tongue and a borrowed language or something like that. So uh, I kept posing him, you know, because the Chinese community really have several anthologies, you know, some of it authored by Jim. Uh-huh. So he said, you know, you can do it. I told him, Jim, I don't, I don't know how to do it, you know. He said, it's like writing your newspaper. Right. So I said, well, it's easier said than done, you know, like, <laughs> I really... <laughs> I really don't know what, so I had to research what is an anthology, and uh, so I, I kept posting it away, so uh, Jim uh, sort of got sort of uh, uh, fed up with posting <laughs> me, you know. <laughs> Eventually, he said, uh, just a year before he died, uh-huh. he said, Ted, if you're not doing it, I'm going to get, I'm going to give it to somebody. Mm. I said, what? So I was thinking, well, he would he would give it to somebody I don't like or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay, Jim, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll uh, think about it. And he said, another thing that you don't have to do it yourself. Mm. You can have, you know, other people help you. So that, that was sort of a relief for me. So, so I kept, uh, you know, uh, sounding up people that I know, writers. Uh-huh. I can't remember how many now, uh, you know, and he said, yeah, 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 we'll work on this. But nothing transpired until I I talked to Chris. Right. So Chris and me, you know, we, we haven't really met each other before that. But I researched him you know, because I found out that he, he had a piece in the Rice paper mm-hmm. before. So I researched his website and I said, oh, I should know Chris and I want to interview him too. So but that, that, that never happened, and then uh, when I told him about the anthology, so he he was excited about it. He said, sure, I'll, I know, I'll be willing to help you. And uh, one thing that uh, was lucky, because Chris also uh, knows how to apply for grants. Mm, right. So he said, no, I can, I can help you apply for grants. Oh, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, good chance to to pursue it because if we don't have any money. I don't know how yeah. uh, you know how to start uh, inviting people to write. You know, I was researching uh, that if you have, if you ask people to write, you should give them an an advance or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I don't have that money. So anyway, so Chris, uh, so we agreed to meet uh, uh, the downtown. Coffee shop in Vancouver. So we started uh, talking about it. And I said, Chris, I think we should have somebody, you know, outside Vancouver if we go ahead with this with this project. Mm-hmm. We should get somebody, you know, to help with obesity and also, you know, a woman. Or So we, we decided to, at first we, we thought of, uh, uh, was this Catherine Hernandez? Right. You know, mm-hmm. you know, 
Katakanan and I have, have some <laughs> some problems, so uh, he didn't uh, agree. So I suggested uh, Pate Rivera. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know Pate myself personally, but I, you know, I, I wrote, you know, I featured her on my website. I know about her daughter Rani, that committed suicide or something like that. So I said, Chris, we should have uh, somebody from Toronto. So we offered it to Pate and she agreed mm-hmm. to be on board. So that's how, you know, uh, Chris applied for the uh, the grant. So this is after uh, the gym uh, died in yeah. July 2012, I think. I think it's died. 2017. 2017 or something. Yeah. So I, I wrote a tribute for him and the... Uh, Georgia Strait, mm-hmm. you know, the only article that I got published uh, in the Georgia Strait uh, was this, uh, Charlie Smith keeps saying, uh, we cannot afford to pay it, you know, we don't have the online, mm-hmm. online something. but anyway, I called him at that when, when Jim, ah, yeah, when Jim died, so he said, well, sure, you know, I'll look at your article, so he published it, and in that article, I made a vow that if ever the anthology will be published, it would be dedicated to Jim. And that—that's what we have in the uh, front of uh, this collection. Um, yeah. When I so, had, you know, I was yeah. a little, a little uh, you know, I was obligated to do that because I made the public vow. That, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. What? What is? You know, it was not dedicated. So I told Chris uh, about this. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, yeah, he was the one who who made the final, you know, introduction, whatever. Yeah. So I was glad that he, he mentioned, you know, Jim, Jim in the in the dedication. So, so when okay. I had when I had Chris on the show last week, um, for, first of all, I asked him how to pronounce. The title Magdaragat, I think, is is how Magdaragat, yeah, Magdaragat, Magdaragat, um, yeah, and Magdaragat. It, so I was the one who yeah, that's the title. That's what Chris said. So, what does it mean to you, Ted, uh, when you think about wh- what that title means? Yeah, well, I was very, you know, elated to 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 know that I don't know, like the, the process of of the. Publication is, you know, when we pitched it, so when we finally had the uh, Cormorant. Uh, so we had meeting with Cormorant, and uh, and so uh, the publisher said, you know, don't worry about the title; that will, you know, it will come later on. Mm-hmm. That was his, his uh, uh, the, you know, he told us that because of the submission, then the title will evolve from it, right? Yeah. You know, but uh, I said. Is, you know, how, how would we call out for submissions if we don't have any title to the book? You know? So, uh, so I suggested that uh, because I I thought that it also, you know, because we're all travelers mm-hmm. by sea. You know, like I came from from Cebu, I went to Manila, and then to Canada. So we're in the sense we're we're all traversing all this ocean. You know, although albeit it's already by play now, you know, mm-hmm. but this all, you know, this is our our journey from 
from our homeland to wherever we are now, it's all it's all uh, oceans yeah, <laughs> in some yeah. way. So, so we're still journeying. So that, I thought that you know that could be our title, and Chris and Patty never questioned it. Yeah, it's a great so title. It, 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 it's it just a got stuck. <laughs> yeah, it's a great title, and and for for people yeah. listening to us, they'll read what it means when they when yeah. they get the collection. Um, Ted, I laughed a minute ago when you when you were talking about um, being um, I can't remember what the term you use now. You said yeah, uncomfortable with 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 um, writing and being a journalist. The, the title of your piece is "Accidental Journalist." Um, after all these years, when you look back at this career that you you've had in publishing newspapers, in writing, and now in editing, co-editing an anthology like this. Um, do you still feel uncomfortable calling yourself a writer or calling yourself a journalist? Uh, yes, you know, I, you know, like especially in the presence of, you know, people like, you know, like Chris, for example, and Pate, they're all published writers. So, you know, I don't know, I still have to grapple with that because if you read my article, you know, back in Winnipeg, when I, when I, Closed my publication. Mm-hmm. I was offered uh, a column by Paul Sullivan, the editor at the time. The Winnipeg Sun. Winnipeg Sun. He yeah. said, "You know, we could use the Sun, could use your Venom. You know, uh, you can write a column for us." So I told Paul, "Are you creating?" And like, I would write every day. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "No, no, no, no. You don't have to. You can start. You know, one day, month. You know." Yeah. I was thinking of how did my grammar is so poor, and, you know, I was so, I don't know, like, uh, that, that has been, uh, you know, a constant uh, fear in my, in, in my ability to write. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I don't, so, I don't know if you'll believe me, Ted, but I, I, I'd like to disabuse you of that because you, you've, you've done it for so long and so well for so long that, that, um, I think there are a lot of people who admire you for not just the work you've done, but but I you know as we read in in the collection, um, I, I read that book by Levi Abad. Um, in your years in Winnipeg, especially um, standing on principle, um, losing your shirt sometimes, publishing yeah. a newspaper. I mean, you, yeah. you, you you you. There's the one incident that you recount in in the collection, where um, you dropped um, CIBC. As a sponsor in your in your paper, on principle, and I think yeah, that, that's, that's the sort of stuff that should be admired. I think. Yeah, that was the Bank of Nova Scotia. Oh, I see. Yeah. Nova Scotia. They had uh, an ad. Uh, they had a full page ad. I think that was two, three issues. Uh-huh. But at that time, the anti-apartheid movement approached me and said that you know uh, they are doing business in. in in South Africa, so can you consider you know, as a form of support? Yeah. So I, I did that. Uh, so you know the writing on those on those areas. I have no, I have no problem with that. But you know, sometimes maybe I'm wrong. We always thought of writing as you know literary. You know, like you know, you have to be your prose should be flawless and all these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, like, just reporting, uh, I can do that, you know. Yeah. 
So that's why I told Jen, well, so no, Jen, you know, writing, <laughs> he just reported different from, you know, from uh, an anthology, you know, it has to, it has to pass the rigors of, of, you know, literary canon, whatever. So, so that's why I kept posting it. And the same thing with, uh, when I was over the column and, and with the big sun. Yeah. I, I reject, I know, I, I thought I was not uh, qualified to do that. Yeah. Um, in your piece in, in the collection, you, you um, this, and I'm referring to your years in Winnipeg, and, and that applies to here in Vancouver. This is this is stuff that I've noticed growing up. You, you noticed early on the divisions in the Filipino-Canadian community. Uh, community. Um, and um, one of the things you write in, in your, your essay in the book is that you lamented um, how a lot of Filipino-Canadian organizations weren't interested in advocacy. Um, they were more interested in, say, dancing or, or music affairs of, of the sort. Um, right, yeah. Why was that important for you to to take a stand and to to to, to advocate for certain issues and, and and advocate for the community really? Yeah, because you know, like I I thought you know, like if you are the organization, like in Winnipeg, for example, the Philippine Association of Manitoba PAM, mm-hmm. which was headed by Ray Patakan, you know, yeah, the, M- time, the M- uh, he became the MP. Yeah. You know, so. I thought if you're if you're having uh, a platform, you have a TV show or uh, a newspaper. I I think you should advocate for our causes. So that was my. In fact, that's why I started Silangan, mm-hmm. and I named it Silangan because I thought it could, you know, it could uh, influence our community to work for you know, for advance our our life in Canada and indulge it. In the in the use uh, traditional, you know, I criticize the Santa Cruz under and beauty contest. Mm-hmm. So I said these are not the the things we should be doing. You know, I mean, I mean, uh, we should discard some of our practices and uh, you know uh, make ourselves uh, more more uh, you know improve our lives in, in some mm-hmm. ways. And you don't improve that by song and dance. <laughs> so that, that was I always uh, uh, what I wrote about it in, in my paper, mm-hmm. and the sad thing about it is that Pam never answered my criticism. Not for one did he respond to my criticism, mm-hmm. so which was very painful for me because I said, well, you know, I, I don't think I'm making a dent in my advocacy because. They sort of ignored me, mm-hmm. so that was one of the reasons I I give up. Uh, one time, uh, the last straw was that we were having a conference there in Winnipeg, funded by the government, and I said I think in fact the late Leo uh, Konanan was was still writing for me you know, mm-hmm. at the time, so he was he also attended the conference and. The Mayor Robles also was there. So I thought, well, why waste the money of the taxpayers to, you know, to fund this, you know, usually gala affair and to sell in hotel. So I thought of uh, having a demonstration against it. Mm-hmm. And I asked people, and 
said, yeah, 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 we'll go with you to demonstrate in the hotel. But lo and behold, nobody showed up. Yeah. At, the, at the last moment, so it was only me and my family. Yeah. We were shivering in the cold, in the pain, you know, and uh, carrying placards there. So I thought uh, that was really the last straw. I said, well, I don't think uh, I can go on with this. Uh, my advocacy seems not, you know, I'm being ignored by the, the people I'm trying to help. Mm-hmm. So that was a decided, you know, uh, I'll give up the paper. Yeah. <laughs> that was the last throw. Yeah. And then when you um, you and your family moved uh, out here to Vancouver, you continued to write. Um, and, and then uh, in, in the last 10 years or so, you started your own website, right? Yeah, because, you know, like I know a lot of people, you know, like Dean Conanan and Dave Fernandez, who were, who were my correspondents when I was still in Silangan. Of mm-hmm. course, the, you know, usually Dave Fernandez, he, he, and I said we should write for for Philippine Chronicle. I think I started writing there. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of publications there were, went after me to, to write for them. So... I did some writing for Philippine Chronicle, and then later on, when when Ray Fortaleza started this newspaper, I, uh, you know, I wrote for him because it was through Carlito Pablo, too. Mm. So I knew, you know, when he arrived, and we had uh, uh, like I think, yeah, I, like I, I reached out to him too for our. I was still, if you remember, we were active with Kalayaan mm-hmm. Center time, so I was sort of doing their media work. In fact, this is where I know uh, Charlie Smith. Oh, yeah. Because we, you know, keep sending uh, them uh, uh, press releases, and, you know, you have to follow up the editor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And because of that connection, I, I was instrumental in having Carlito hired by Charlie, uh, by Georgia Street, by Charlie. Mm-hmm. I introduced him to Charlie, and I said, you know, you should uh, look at uh, this uh, writer from the Philippines. So I said, yeah, let him submit a sample of his work, and he hired her almost on the spot. He hired him. Well, Ted, what do you make of the... the um the Filipino Canadian community today, um, because I'm and I'm talking politically here because a lot of people um, of your vintage, my parents' vintage, my grandparents, my grandmother, um, they came here um, to Canada. Um, a lot of people were opposed to Ferdinand Marcos, and, and I've noticed in recent years um, the Filipino Canadian community here their, their, their vocal segments. Of the the diaspora who are who were supportive of Duterte, who um, and now supportive of Bong Bong Marcos, um, d- does this frustrate you? Oh, definitely, absolutely. You know, like uh, sometimes I I so frustrated that sometimes I don't, I don't want to be involved anymore in in the Philippines. Uh, what's happening in the Philippines? You know, but. Uh, like it's a love-hate relationship with the the community sometimes. And, you know, what's, what's wrong with our people, you know, like after all these years, you know, uh, 
you still support this, uh, you know, even during the time of Duterte, I do not believe that we should be supporting a person like him. So, but, uh, you know, sometimes uh, it's not possible, so, you know, you just have to accept it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you notice in my website, uh, you know, like sometimes I, I don't, I write about the Philippines anymore. I don't uh, because uh, I, I get so frustrated. My last uh, commentary was about the uh, what do you call that? The fireworks or whatever? Mm-hmm. The Festival of Light. Oh yeah. I made an editorial there. I said, you know, I'm not going to to promote this. And I want to boycott it because of my stand against the Philippines, but. So, you know, as, as much as possible, I, I try to to draw the line, but uh, I have to be realistic. You know, <laughs> we cannot uh, we cannot convince the older people. So, yeah. Do, do, do you think um, where we are today is a failure, um, not just in in Canada but in in the Philippines? Obviously, to teach history, say. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. You know, like history is always. Uh, you know, important in us, in especially in our you know situation, the Philippines and uh, history is not being taught uh, the way it should. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, our uh, our like the you know like even myself, I only learn about some of it you know, now when I'm already in Canada by looking at some of the movies, for example, in the Ralona or you know. Mm. So you know these are not uh, taught in our in our country. So you know, even if it's taught, uh, sometimes it's being uh, revised, like what Marcos Marcos is doing now. You know, right. revising the history of uh, of martial law. You know, but uh, you know, I tell you frankly, you know, the kill Jokno was here, right? Recently, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, I. I got, you know, all the information about him, but uh, I said, well, you know, should I spend my time, you know, covering this or Larry Colmenares was there, yeah. you know, a month ago. And I mean, uh, sometimes, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm bivalent, you know, I give up. <laughs> yeah. I give up on our homeland, but on the other hand, sometimes uh, it haunts you, know, why, 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 you know. Why am I giving up? You know, so I don't know. Like at my age, uh, it's really hard. Yeah. So, you know, at a younger age, I was, you know, was willing to do it. Uh, see, what also pains me is, you know, why support this the government? The, I, I went through all the the harassment when I when I organized the anti martyrs movement in, in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the whole family was harassed by the consulate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was threatened, you know, and I reported to the Winnipeg police. Uh, no, no, they never did anything to investigate it. You know what happened one time in during the, the height of the Marcos thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the middle of the night, so we, I heard a knock on our door in Winnipeg. And, you know, and uh, Borley, too three burly policemen with an axe 
Yeah. I in the door. He said, uh, where's the fire? I said, what fire are you They're talking about? He said, somebody called that there's a fire in your house. So you know, all those harassments? Yeah, yeah. I was harassed there. And, you know, so I went through that, and I know how 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 the, uh, you know, this authoritarian government uh, try to silence us. Yeah. You know, all this talk about uh, intervention, the Chinese intervention and right. the election, you know. Marcos was doing that years ago, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like what he did in the States, you know, like Sinatis uh, and uh, Esclamado, you know. Like, so, you know, these governments have their tentacles all over, so yeah. it's, not, it's not something new. So, so that's why, I, you know, like... Uh, I always uh, make it point that not I am my opinion that we should not be enabling the Philippine government by you know like uh, for example in this uh, in this anthology you know uh, why sometimes we use the consulate immediately yeah. to promote our our uh, work uh-huh. if you're an artist you know visual artists or whatever you you hold uh, you launch your your work at the consulate why yeah. you know we can do it ourselves you know when we did this anthology when no consulate people uh, help us you yeah. know so my point is that if you do that you're enabling the government in the philippines you're not you're not making a stand right yeah, and that's a very. Some good, people say, yeah. some people say, oh, you know, they're, oh, they're diplomats. They're not, you know, they're not really involved. In yes, but they are representing the Philippines. Yeah. So if I let them promote my work, that means uh, I'm agreeing uh, with what's happening in the Philippines. So that's all my simple <laughs> calculations. Yeah, that's a very good point that I think a lot of people overlook. Um, Ted, you mentioned um, in your essay um, your family, your your wife and, and your children. Um, they've been, uh, your wife especially, quite supportive of your career as a journalist, hasn't she? Uh, well, it's, uh, not entirely, you know, <laughs> like, uh, sometimes um, I get uh, to criticize by my wife, you know, that I'm neglecting, you know. Then <laughs> right. I give up my, you know, especially when I was doing my paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Winnipeg, you know, I I was I was a successful life insurance agent at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I sort of give it up because I, you know, devoted all my time to to the paper and even now with the with the Online paper, I still yeah. have, you know, to use my own savings. and But, you know, they're, they're supportive, uh, you know, the, uh, what I'm trying to do. Yeah. But uh, this, 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 you know, I know you asked about the family. When I got the heart attack, uh, what, that, four or five years ago, mm-hmm. I was still writing uh, with, with Ray at the time, I think. So my children and the family said, Dad, you should give up this thing, you know, it's it's causing, you know, you're, you almost died of heart attack because of this. You're so, 
obsessed with the Filipino community, you know, all these things. Yeah. And then I've even, uh, you know, so my family said, why, why do you have to do that? Just give it. I said, that's what I did. I, I decided not to write anymore. But then after my uh, operation and I was recuperating, I said, what should I do? <laughs> you know, yeah. I could not just go on, you know, doing nothing. Uh-huh. So I decided to to do go back to writing on my own mm-hmm. online because you know writing with for I was writing for Ray Portalisa and you have to have deadlines of course eh? you have yeah because you're you know you're paid to do the the work so I said well on my own I can you know you know but that's what my my thinking is but on the other hand sometimes also pressed to to write you know yeah. there's breaking news and I said oh I have to do this to do that but at least I can I I, I am more able to manage that now yeah you work at your own pace right yeah yeah pace, you know I don't uh, feel uh, stressed out so much to, mm-hmm. if it doesn't come out I do not write the story uh, what heck you know? <laughs> The uh, back to Magda, I got the, the the collection for just a second. I, I I've had the, the the book. Your publisher Cormorant sent me a, a copy a, a, a several weeks ago, and then I've, I've since bought a copy of the book and and have had it in my office and I've taken it with me home and the sort. Um, I, I was flipping through it the, about an hour or so ago before our, our chat today, and and um, uh, rereading some of the poetry. Um, and um, I looked at the cartoon by Lorena Mappa there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, such a diverse collection of writing because you have you know your essay and and, and Chris's speech and uh, Patria's piece and and um, you know the, the, those were obviously written nonfiction. But um, was it important you to have this this great diversity of of kinds of writing? Yes, because I you know we. We we think that you know all uh, all our writers should be represented, whether you know whether they're young or old, mm-hmm. or they're LGBT, or you know. So we decided that we should not be shying away from all the issues mm-hmm. like suicide, you know, uh, what else the other issues that uh, racism, mm-hmm. bullying, you know, if you read some of it, uh, sometimes I get very high reading them. Yeah. Because, like, I'm reading about the bullying in school. You know, I said, my own children went through this. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, maybe, you know, it was written by before or something, but, you know, here we are in in one book we read everything from all these uh, uh, life experiences written from the heart by, by these writers, you know, whom uh, maybe two-thirds of them, I don't know. I don't know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it really is such a rich collection because there are writers here that that I was familiar with. A lot of them I wasn't familiar with, and, and um, I can't wait to follow their careers, yeah, 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 and, and see what what else they'll write because of, like I was the yeah. one thing that I like 
I don't know if you have read uh, Renato Gandias. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the one who asked him to to submit. Like Renato and I don't, you know, we haven't met even personally. Like I was just following his his career as a reporter for the Calgary Sun. I think mm-hmm. so, at the time. So I don't know. He's a Filipino. He's a good reporter. I I tried to convince him to to write for me, but he never did. And, you know, then he changed careers. I didn't, I didn't know about that he was, you know, he was abused mm. sexually. You know, I didn't know that he would write about that, about that experience when I asked him to contribute. So, so you know, we put that in the, in the anthology. And, of course, there's another uh, very important thing there about uh, Pate Rivera's daughter. Yeah. Rani, you know, who committed suicide. He, uh, like, Pate did not know that he was writing, he was writing poems mm-hmm. in her computer. He only discovered uh, when she died and she discovered in the laptop. Mm-hmm. So when we were discussing the anthology, I suggested that we should include Rani in the anthology and we should make an exception because the role was that it should be unpublished mm-hmm. work. So we asked Comarant and he accepted that that uh, proposal. So, you know, because I, I thought also it, it touches on, on mental illness. Yeah. You know, like uh, then there's, there's a piece about, you don't know, the written by Harry Alori mm-hmm. about Wondercraft, you know, the Filipino... DJ who also committed suicide, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought this issue should be, we thought that it should be out there, you know. We should not just cover up. If we have problems like this, like, uh, you know, uh, because it's, it's sometimes it's a taboo in, the, yeah. uh, in society and also especially in the Philippine community. We don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that it came out. Yeah. The, the, the other thing that, that comes through in the book are, are the challenges that um, Filipinos encounter when they come to Canada. And not just Canada, but any new country. But, but this collection obviously focuses on the Canadian experience. Do, do you think, Ted, that the challenges that, 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 um, that, that people encounter today are the same ones that, say, that you and your family encountered all those years ago? It is, you know, like. Because when, uh, for example, in our case, you know, like your the recognition of your of your credentials. Right. Yeah, my I was an architect. My mm-hmm. wife was an architect. That's why I became a, an accidental journalist because that was part of the reason. You know, our struggle to be to be assimilated uh, in our profession. But until now, it's still the same. You know, like yeah, you can come here as an architect or a doctor, you know. So it has not really changed, mm-hmm. although there is some, you know, there is some changes, you know, the tinkering with the admission process, and it always promised that they would uh, look after the credential problem, but nothing has really changed. Yeah. So we still encounter this this uh, obstacles. Of uh, you know, uh, trying to 
here in Canada. I mean, it's it's uh, it doesn't mean to say that we're not will not be successful, you know. Yeah. There are stories of uh, you know I consider my my whole fa- my own family story as story of success or something. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, it could have been better, you know, if if our our uh, professions will be recognized. Yeah. Because it's a form of exploitation. Yeah. You know, like my wife uh, worked for 40 years as an architect uh, in an office, and she was not an architect, and she was not paid the salary of an architect. Mm-hmm. Because she was just uh, considered a draftswoman, technical, you know, yeah. technical person with here, you know, co-workers who were male and white, mm-hmm. uh, they were paid more than her. So, so you know, it's still going on. And, uh, but there are, you know, changes. And that's why we have to speak out. That's why we have to have uh, books like this. Yeah. And tell our stories. Otherwise, it will be... Like I was, I was telling you, I was terry-eyed when I, wrote, I read about this. Story about I think it was Caroline Fee or you know mm-hmm. some of the of the stories in the anthology you know like how how the the wind through bullying in the in the classroom mm-hmm. they arrived in Canada you know and even Chris uh, Gatsalian uh, you know wrote about that in his book you know like his memoir you know yeah. like so we we go through these things. But we cannot. We don't have the platform to 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 write about it, right? Mm-hmm. Then there are, you know, sporadic articles. Uh, CBC would picture one, you know, but it's different if we have this book in our hand and yeah. could pass it on to one another, to our children, and hopefully the next generation or whatever, so they can read about it. So. Uh, it's recorded, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Officially yeah, by our, by our own, our own people. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking as I was talking to Chris last week, um, if, if, there, if this collection was around when I was growing up, um, I probably would have read it with great interest, but also, uh, I, I probably would have pursued writing. Had I had I seen this at a younger age, yeah, and and I can't help but think that that um, young people today and, and young people in the future will will see this, and be inspired to tell their family story or, or, or any kind of story that they want to tell, right? Yeah. So you know, like uh, hopefully, you know, like there is another, you know, we we should we should be hoping that the history about our our. Our immigration there should be written like a book, yeah. separate book. You know, like you know, there's so many history books about China, Chinese immigration, or, or even Chinese even Filipino there. Americans, right? Yeah, Filipino Americans, but not uh, not uh, no Canadian, Filipino Canadian yet. You know, mm-hmm. so we're starting. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, in the next generation, whatever. Yeah. Like for example, the came into mind the first Filipino, Benson Flores. Right. 
you know, and I'm doing a, a documentary and I'm working on it right now. And, and I'm telling Joseph uh, Lopez to, to write, why don't you write history about yeah. you know, this could be the beginning. Because sometimes the history is written by by white people, mm-hmm. our own history, right? Yeah. It should it should be written by us, not from uh, the their perspective. So yeah. hopefully, you know, in the future, uh, this would inspire people to to write our history. Yeah. Well, is there a date for that for this documentary project that you're working on? Again? Is there a date when when that'll be ready? Or, or? Oh, not yet. You know, we're still uh, we're still uh, working at it. You mm-hmm. know, because uh, I have a very limited uh, source of funds. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, you know, Joseph is is working at it. Uh, you know, more than I am because mm-hmm. he he said he has some experience in, in filmmaking. So. Hopefully it will be finished, you know, early next year or the end of this year. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. await that because that's, an, that's a fascinating story. Um, for people listening, they should look up uh, Joseph Lopez's work. He's blogged about this. This is about Benson Flores, who lived on Bowen Island um, yeah. in the late 1800s. And um, we, we actually, I went with, a, with the Vancouver Heritage Foundation last April on a, on a walking tour. And, oh yeah, yeah, uh, you told me about yeah. That. We tried, we yeah. tried finding the grave, and we, we were with a group of elementary school teachers, and they were just fascinated by this story. Yeah. So I think it's a story that I think a, a lot of people will find interesting yeah. and important. Ted, it's been such a, a pleasure to have you on the show today. Congratulations on all your work, and and especially this collection. I, I so appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. That was uh, my uh, interview with uh, Theodore Alquitas. Uh, that we taped uh, this past Sunday, the 12th of November. He uh, joined me from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plantum.